Hello and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and talk about it in depth. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut album from Yard Act called The Overload, and it starts out with the title track. optimistically preparing to hopefully go to South by Southwest this year. It was canceled last year and the year before at the very beginning of the pandemic. So we really hope it's happening. But anyway, it involves listening to just hundreds of different bands that are going to be there. And often I'm listening while I'm doing other things. And a lot of songs just kind of go past me without a lot of impression. And I heard this song and I was like, stop. This is exactly what I love. I need to hear more of this. And I went and found they only had one EP and some singles, but I listened to everything that they had available. And then I was very excited to see that this album would be coming out in a few weeks. And here it is. We're really doing a a one-two punch here of yet another Northern English, (laughs) I guess sort of politically aware, vaguely qualify as post-punk band that formed right before the pandemic because that was Low Hummer from Hull and now these uh, there's a four piece from Leeds so it's a little more stripped down sound and I think a much more conventional rock sound but then there's nothing sort of conventionally pop about that vocal style it's the kind of speak singing with a ton of humor that Britain seems to put out so effectively you know it can be one of those things that I, like the kind of voice where if you're not paying attention you think like oh that's kind of funny and then oh is he able to carry a tune and then you would keep listening like no this band is super tight this album is super well produced and when they decide to be melodic it's not the sort of classic beautiful crooner voice but they can 
sound kind of pretty almost. Yeah, James Smith, who's the lead singer and also kind of the creative front person, said that early on when he formed this band with his friend, they were using a drum machine because they didn't have a drummer yet. And so it's there were these short, repetitive loops, and that really kind of forced him to speak sing in a different style. And that's where a lot of the feel of these songs come from. Yeah, I guess it was the the vocals, James Smith, and then Ryan Needham, who plays bass, and I think does all the electronic and synth sounds. And then they later went out and found a couple of other, you know, guitarist and drummer. But it's doesn't it sounds like a completely organic band that they they're super tight. And apparently, we discovered them listening to the playlist. But apparently, yeah, English, you know, the English music press has been all over these guys and. They're apparently Elton John is a fan. And so they're just, (laughs) you know, they're blowing up big and hopefully make it to the U.S. So we'll get to, I think, a little more, a little less fun and a little more aggressively political on the next track. It's called Dead Horse. The last bastion of hope this once great nation had left was good music, but we didn't nurture it, instead choosing to ignore it. Yes, we've been trapped by the same crowd that don't like it Unless they've heard it before Leaving me stuck flogging my progressive dead horse South of the border To the so-so souls and through and throughs And this and that and buttered bread And proud of it whose values flit Whenever it fucking suits them And we're supposed to let it slide Because the press has normalised The idea that racism is something we should humour Yeah, the last bastion of hope This one straight nation I've left is to convert in a manner that will pacify, divide and unite the room. But no one's talking, rational thought has been forced into submission by the medium through which all of our information is now consumed. Yes, fake news. It's fake news, mate. Politicism, it's idiocy, it's a bomb by its own stupidity It does not realize it has already sentenced itself completely to death So a lot of the songs on here are very sort of post-Brexit political, but told in a funny way in a character of someone that maybe is kind of like a Trump voter here, the Leavers in Britain. But this song is just very direct and straight ahead political commentary. Yeah, I think it's the one that's... All of these songs are leavened with humor, and this is sort of the least so... I think that the closest it has, I think, is just referring to how, you know, our Nazis learn to dress differently. And he talks about the National Front's new hairdos and how people have been kind of taken in. Like, oh, maybe it is okay for, you know, racists maybe are okay after all. It's like, uh, it's really a bummer. And the and the the one thing I take away from it is that sense of solidarity. It's just like, yeah, that Britain and the U.S. is have what the, the nation separated by a common language and that we both kind of went through this trauma a few years back and we're... Hopefully, you know, we can stand together artistically and politically into the future. And And it's got it's got this great disco punk beat and it's just really you really want to dance to it. And I think, you know, as I mentioned before, they started out using a drum machine here. This starts with a drum fill and you can really feel the energy of the live drummer. Everybody, all the musicians on this record in this band are very tight. And I, I believe they all have played together in different bands and kind of had a long history of playing in local bands that, you know, you can see that they're they're not novices. Yeah, although, I mean, the drumming is very solid, but I love the how it's processed. So there's like these cymbals that are just really strangled, like super mm-hmm. compressed. So they feel really fake and it doesn't, like the, the, 
it, it gives it a certain claustrophobia to the tune, which I think is appropriate for its politically angry content, for sure. Yeah, and a lot of these guitar melodies are just kind of a little bit minor key and a little bit off, and they'll kind of change keys from time to time, and it just it has the effect of feeling a little bit unsettling. Yeah, so fortunately, though, we go from this, I think, yeah, straight up righteous anger to maybe the <laughs> funniest track on the record, and it's called Rich. Almost by accident, I have become rich. Through continued reward for skilled labor in the private sector and a genuine lack of interest in expensive things, it appears I have become rich. And since I have become rich, I've been constantly living in fear of losing everything that the bubble will burst and falling from my perch, I will return once again to the life that I used to live with the things that I didn't have before I had become rich. It appears I have become rich. I put a pinch away each week in a place my hand wouldn't fit So I cannot reach it It is made of solid steel, a square foot deep with a slit No bigger than an inch One day when the seam splits in such a way that it cannot be restitched I will scratch that insatiable itch And buy the whole hospital and everything in it Because I am rich It appears I have become rich this song is a really nice slow burn where it starts with just that bass so simple and the barely sung very you know just mocking oh whoops i i somehow became rich i don't know how that happened it's and then you get this the drums start to come in but it's still just this bass and then as we came out you finally start to realize that this entire sonic landscape of weird discordant synths and atmospheric very unsettling kind of almost like some wind that's yeah it's very mechanical it's it feels it's polished but unsettling profoundly and you know i've talked about the production on this and i, I love the yeah, other this is ollie chant Who's produced PJ Harvey, Perfume Genius, Soccer Mommy. And also uh, produced albums that we've done on this show, like Katie J. Pearson, oh, no as well as The Squirrel Flower oh. from last year. So yeah, gets around and does fantastic work here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a first, first LP, it feels very polished. And also on the strength of their EP, they got signed to Island. And this is our second Island record in the last year after Remy Wolf. And they are apparently a major label that's going out and finding stuff that is poppy but what, so much more interesting so what you deep. said didn't make sense there yes. it's it's island second record out this year maybe that, that we've talked oh, okay, about got it. sorry it's island second record that we've talked about on the show mm -hmm. and generally you know i'm i'm the kind of snob was like a major label whatever but they're going out there and finding stuff that is poppy but poppy in an interesting way i'm not a snob <laughs> okay i'm a snob i i fully own it but yeah this these guys are for sure you know I love the that just two note sequence going into the chorus. I don't know what it is about it. It is not in any sort of musical theory that I can make sense of, but it, it having heard it, it's the perfect thing. And I, I these little touches are amazing. Well, and the lyrics are so funny and jokey, but they so perfectly encapsulate that 
person who's common to our social circle who's very liberal and kind of accumulates a lot of money because they're a lawyer or a software engineer or whatever and doesn't spend a lot and suddenly they become a lot more conservative in how they think about the world because they want to hold on to their money. And it, it's like the way that I told it is so boring, but the way that it's told in this song is just so succinct, succinct and perfect and yeah, funny. You're, you're going to save up, but at a certain point, you just got to buy that hospital. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we go from here, I think, back to stuff a little less funny, but still that acid wit is at play on this next track. It's called Land of the Blind. Kill switch indifference to a liquid narrative. Obviously, I tried writing you out of the will. I just hadn't the guts to uh, lie through my teeth, though only because I'm susceptible to the truth on the bleakest of moons. And though there is a beauty in a whole truth, the knotty roots of a shameful past will never let it be. Each new shoot is an escape route, loot the debris. And make no mistake, we are living out our last days in the land of the blind Where the one-eyed man was king until he lost his fucking mind Hey! This is definitely my favorite new song about British imperialism And it also does a great job of illustrating the way that uh, the singer uses his vocal style in kind of two different ways throughout this album. Uh, at least, I mean, it's, it's taking aside the actual singing, which does come up in parts, but he does a speak singing that's almost kind of like rapping that's very syncopated and very in tune with the bass line, which is, I think, what we play here. And then the second half is a much more almost like spoken word interlude. Yeah, and it does, this song actually does get funnier than I remembered, but what I really take away is just that slinky, kind of spooky bass line underlying it all. Sonically, what this song remembers is just that that bass line, and then the closest thing you have to a chorus is just the ba 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 da ba and it just, it's it has this almost like dirge-like quality, even as he's first starts with just the, how... You, you essentially can't even live in a, in, a, in a British society without essentially you're benefiting from the crimes that your government is doing. Kind of like being an American. Kind of like being an American. <laughs> yeah, no, as I said, there are two countries, <laughs> two countries that have a lot in common. And uh, But Ryan Needham is the yeah. bassist and he's just got so many great bass lines throughout this record. And then the, the noodling in the background, the guitar noodling, S Sam Shipstone is the guitarist. And then we were talking about Jay Russell, who's the excellent drummer as well. Yes, all of very British names. And also, if you see pictures of them, they're just like the, a bunch of just like, oh, all the different like British white guy stereotypes. <laughs> we mean that lovingly. No, very lovingly. Like, again, if you've got the chops and you are representing your nation proudly and here, yeah, that they can have that acid wit that then comes out at the end with this entire weird interlude about like, I'm just going to steal your money. And it's very silly. They are never forget to bring the wit and as I said in that, you know, in the overload that, all right, I guess it was in Dead Dog, Dead Horse. I can spell. Anyway, Dead Horse. We'll that, edit this out later. We'll edit it out later. In Dead Horse, where it's like, the, oh, what do they have to offer? We've got our sense of humor and we've got our good music. And they're combining both of those here. So the next song is much more melodic and involves some more actual singing. And it's called Quarantine the Sticks. <laughs> Give away all 
another track where this band's gift for inhabiting characters that kind of illustrate the points they're making where we heard rich which was sort of funny like oh i've become rich and then there's a series of tracks of that you know we didn't play them because i think they're honestly a little bit jokey of just like oh i founded this company and i'm this ruthless industrialist or oh i'm basically doing insurance fraud to make money and here this is someone who seems to be some kind of just like evil white collar criminal but with a sense of humor and with this real spooky dense synth and that just really driving baseline this also they bring in a and I cannot find a credit for this female backing vocalist that mm-hmm. really adds a new texture to the album. Yeah, there's so many different textures in this record. There's the guitar is very low in the mix, but it adds so much atmosphere. And there's so much kind of minor key dissonance. I know I said that earlier, but it really makes these songs because they've got these striving beat and they're very danceable and they feel very upbeat, but there's this off kilter unsettling element to them that really i think creates a the right atmosphere that that they're looking for yeah james smith has described ryan needham as the vibe guy and (laughs) that is very much that they're all of these songs have this vibe and so much of it is driven i think by these very unusual and again i'm not even sure jazzy does justice to the kind of bizarre harmonies and just odd melodic structures that are that feel so alien and yet make complete sense for each of these songs. Like they're very self-assured musicians in that able to go off of the sort of traditional Western classical path and make it work. I think what makes this album really resonate for me is that it's not all sarcastic. It's not all dry humor. There is some real emotional depth to it. And the next song that we'll play, I think exemplifies that. And it's called Tall Poppies. By the time he was 20, he'd now been with all the girls deemed worth it in the village Five years either side of his birthday But it was time to settle down and no kiss had ever felt so electric As the first he'd ever felt all those years ago Though she had never strayed far, hemmed in by his shadow The torches lining the path of her own dreams had been growing dimmer by the day And so, faster than a dying star, she cashed in her chips and checked out Settled for him and subsequently threw all her own ambitions away Promotion followed, a mortgage, a marriage, a dog and children, a lost conversion, a dead dog and a second home on the Costa del Sol. In the hopes of stoking the colds of two long lost souls, which comes first, counselling or keys in the bowl? Put his own mother in a home. God made redundant twice, never once was he on the dole. tough to pick a section of that song to play because it's a six minutes long and it really tells the story where someone's in character talking about a friend of this guy who grows up in a small town lives a very small check the boxes life loved by his friends and neighbors and then he dies and people are talking about him and remembering him fondly and there's no judgment in it or there's no you know looking down their nose at this guy it's very warm but what made it tough to pick a section is that 
the way that the instrumentation tells the story, it reminded me a lot of Heroin by the Velvet Underground because we just watched the Velvet Underground documentary. And the way that the instrumentation and the pacing changes to manipulate your emotional emotions, for lack of a better word, throughout the events in the song, I think is really interesting. Yeah, it's a tough balance to pull off because he's describing someone who's just like, yeah, he stayed in a small town and he probably had chances to leave. And his wife settled for him and left aside her ambitions. And I think the shading on this is like, well, he was not average for the small town. He was like, he was the best footballer mm-hmm. and the most he handsome. He was the tall ki- poppy. Yeah, he's the most handsome kid in his class of 22 in this small town. And so that he picked being like the most amazing person in a small town rather than going to the big city. And that was a choice. And I think that they, but they are able to describe, honestly, like, yeah, he who are you to look down like this guy had a great life and he had kids who loved him and yeah he died of cancer and so get yourself checked but it's i'm i'm gonna quote the pitchfork review of this album because i thought they put it so well which is that the question being asked in this song is is the goal to live so that after we die nobody speaks ill of us is it better to lead a small yet safe life involved in our communities or to live big and in constant awareness of our insignificance does it matter I think I, I love this. This song is a question mark, not a period. It leaves you can look at the story and just think, you know, this is the longest song on the on the album by a mile. And they thought, yeah, it's worth it to give this guy space and do honor to this possibly fictional, but very vividly drawn character. And the part that we played has this kind of repeating guitar riff. And as it goes on and he finds out he has cancer and dies, it really builds up to this crescendo of all these additional instruments and there's some piano in there and it becomes kind of a cacophony. And it really, like I said, it really tells the story of the, the that's happening in the lyrics and then it all drops out and it gets quieter again and it's his friends remembering him and it's really effective. Yeah, it gets very quiet and very kind of, philosophical and just kind of pondering like, wow, the world's pretty crazy, isn't it? And it sure is. The last three songs on this record are very earnest. And I think if they were all the sort of dry wit of Rich, it would be fine, but it wouldn't have the resonance that I think this album leaves me with. And so there's this song, Tall Poppies. The last song, 100% Endurance, is genuine philosophical musings about the positivity of being insignificant in the universe. And then the penultimate track, which we'll play next, is called Pour Another. It's just about earnest connection with people that you meet in a bar. So we'll play that song next. I saw the narrative peak Yeah Though it was not evidence As we agreed that everything was so bleak That giving your two pants on anything It wasn't worth a fucking thing And so we had become friends Though I do not know your name And come the morning following the night That everything changed I was ashamed to recognise that everything's still the same
that we get a little guitar solo in this very 80s sounding celebration of joy. There's still that little bit of wit and there's a clear amount of awareness of how shallow and silly these sorts of relationships are of like, you're my friend and I don't even, don't even know your name. But in the end, it's just joy and yeah, no judgment. I'll call you brother. I'll call you sister, whatever you want. It's, Standing here hand in hand watching the world burn. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's that awareness of doom, but finding joy in the face of it, that's very appealing. Yeah. This album is just so joyful given the ultimately kind of dark subject matter, which is again, like in a post Brexit England, everything's going down the tubes. The world is burning. There's all these terrible people, but we've got each other and we can have a nice evening together. Yeah. And I mean, this song, I think really exemplifies that even when things are silly, even when things are dark, these are all very pop songs. They don't make things complicated. Like that little guitar solo we heard, just, you know, listening to the album, really looking at it, like there's not really bridges. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Okay, we're done. Mm -hmm. All the songs are pretty short. Uh, This song is like, hey, this chorus is so joyful. We're just going to keep throwing you. I think the end of the song is just the chorus. And then again, the same with the chorus. Like, this is a great message. We don't need to make it more complicated than it needs to be. Well, and great songs that are simple are much harder to do than just throwing everything into the mix. You know, I think they get a little bit proggy on Tall Poppies, but most of these are like three-minute pop songs that just come in. They do exactly what they need to do. They get their message across and they have a great beat. Yeah, and it's there's something to be said for if you're going to be out there with a political message that's maybe not everyone wants to hear, wrapping it in songs that are fun and smart make you want to dance to. Yeah, and just like so smart and funny. Yeah, and I, I will definitely just recommend the videos. They have a very like clear aesthetic and, and sort of visual sense and like recurring characters who appear across multiple multiple videos, and it's just really kind of cute in the sense of. Uh, a presentation that is artistically cohesive, funny, a sense of mischief. They're youthful, but yeah, you, you just this is a fantastic first album, and I'm really yeah excited for these guys. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. And the last song, which we'll play last, obviously, which is called "100% Endurance," it's really touching. It's I, maybe my favorite song on this record, just because it is just really charming, and it's a great way to end. Yeah, and it's I think ending and it's and sonically I think it's it's a it has a more kind of open feeling on an album where a lot of the tracks even when they're complicated have a certain kind of claustrophobia to them and so I think they really end on a hopeful note. Yeah, and I have to love that the last line of this last song on the album is, you know, basically like it makes me feel stronger knowing that when we're gone this will all just carry on with someone else, something new. It's not like there's going to be nothing, is it? And then it ends. So <laughs> we'll go out with that. Again, we've been discussing the album The Overload by Yard Act, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. I was woken by a bang And I could already taste the pain The sudden fear that grips and shakes you when you face the truth Whose sofa was this? Where were my shoes? What did we do last night? I don't remember leaving Nathan's house Oh yeah, how could I forget why my pants were soaking wet When we've been pissing ourselves laughing at the news Did you see it too? It was incredible, they played it on a loop 
We couldn't believe it Basically they discovered that there were others Just like us, other beings, other creatures Other planets and other species Who had other gods that they believed in And they interviewed all of them And every one of them Not one could give any hints of a clue What they were doing here either It's all so pointless It is that's beautiful, I find it humbling sincerely When you're gone It brings me peace of mind to know that this will all just carry on with someone else Don't want them thinking they can pull a fast one on us now, do we, Graham? It's alright, I've fought more wars than I've had up dinners. Sure you have, but the key to peace lies within us, and we'd already have achieved it if everyone was as enlightened as me. It's hippie bullshit, but it's true. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.